The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored this week by Motor Bunny, the ride-on-top vibrator. Get $50 off a Motor Bunny starter kit at MotorBunny.com by entering the code MANHOR at checkout. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by the Pure Hookup app. Pure Hookup lets awesome people have casual sex tonight. Download the Pure Hookup app on Google Play or the App Store. Pure. The hookup app that says it's a hookup app. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all those hashtag warriors, wonder women, and demi dames. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. All right, hello, hello, how y'all doing? Welcome to my show if you're new, and hey, you know, welcome back if you're not. I am your host, comedian Billy Persida. If you have not uh, listened to my show before, this is a podcast where I talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, and why we didn't work out. However, this week's guest, not one of my former hookups. No, no, no. Uh, I've gone on a super funny comedian, Mindy Raff. Who's going to talk about all sorts of things non-monogamous uh, in a little bit. But first, show dates, people. Show dates. Okay. Um, uh, just a couple things. Mentor, Ohio, uh, November 8th. I'm going to be at Toth's Place. I believe it's an 8 p.m. show. I'd love to see some people come on out to that. And then tomorrow. Yes, if you're listening to this today, it's out tomorrow. October 26th is the Fan Whore Facebook Live Hangout. Yes, our monthly hangout on Facebook Live where uh, we chit-chat, I answer your questions, you tell me a little bit about yourselves, and we're going to be joined by my intern, Izzy. So if you want to get to know her and and know what it's like to, I guess, work for or work with me, she had a huge hand in putting together ManhorCon, come hang out, Uh, come show up. That's going to be at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Facebook fan page. And if you missed the Hangout, don't worry. The video is going to be up and available all next month for you to watch and to check out. And you can still ask questions in the comment thread. I will show up to answer them. Okay, everyone. I, I got some I got some things I got to talk about real quick. Uh, here's just one quick public service announcement. Here's something y'all should learn from my poor, poor mistakes. Uh, you know, if you have a person in your life you like to send all sorts of naughty nudes to... I highly recommend confirming with them, especially if they are like a newer partner, confirm that they do not have an Apple Watch that is synced to their phone. Because uh, last night I was like feeling randy, feeling kind of horny, and I was like, ah, I'm going to have like an awesome self-love jerk-off session. Wonderful, right? And in the middle, I'm like, ooh, you know what I could really use? I could really use a butt plug right now. That, that might feel nice. I was feeling a little squirrely. I don't, I don't do prostate play most of the time that I jerk off, but when I do, it's because I'm just I'm wiggling in my seat because something needs to be up there. Fabulous. And, and so I do it, and I thought I would send a picture to someone who has previously appreciated those pictures. Uh, it's a person who like we used to normally send those pictures through like Twitter DMs, and we have since exchanged phone numbers. So I thought mistakenly it was appropriate to just send what I would send in the Twitter DMs to her to in the text message. No big deal, right? 
was a big deal because she was at a game night with her friends and partners and she wears an Apple Watch, which I did not know about. And in just in the middle of the game night, flashed up completely full screen on her Apple Watch is a picture of a jeweled butt plug sticking out of my ass. Oops. That can really like throw off a game of Settlers of Catan, you know? It's uh it's not a thing everybody wants to see. So I I profusely apologized when she let me know of my error and it won't happen again. She just was like, dude, like warn a girl first. Future reference, everyone, if you're in like in sexy picture sharing with someone new, like when you switch over to text, ask if they have an Apple Watch. Ask if it's gonna show up on their Apple TV or some shit. <laughs> Cause I can make for a weird game night. Okay. Everyone, I saw this uh, th- this week's episode with Mindy Raff is wonderful, and we talk a lot about polyamory, we talk a lot about non-monogamy, and in light of that, I happen to also, unrelated to recording with Mindy, I went to go see a movie with a couple poly people in New York City, they're, they're part of the Open Love New York Facebook group, and someone was like, hey, I'm putting together a group to go see Professor Marston and the Wonder Women, so I, I went to go see that. And just, wow, polyamorous or not, non-monogamous or not, um, kinky or not, you should all go see this movie, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. It's a movie out right now, is about the man who created Wonder Woman. This is not a superhero movie, like you do not need to... Be into superhero movies to be into this movie. You could hate superhero movies and love this movie. The, the movie has very little to do with Wonder Woman. And I ugh, I roll my eyes when I say this, but I, I truly, as someone who's, oh, who's known for a long time that he was different, and as someone who is getting more comfortable using the word polyamorous for myself, uh, and and they never say the word poly in the movie. I got to say that. It's not it's not a preachy movie. That's what I love about the movie. It's just a beautiful love story. It's not preachy. It's not like a poly movie. It's very subversive. Cuz it's just a love story, but it's a love story that happens to be three people, not a love triangle, but a love story of three people together. I watched it of course going, yeah, of course like he loves her and he loves his wife and this woman like loves this couple and like why 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 is that weird? But I understand that we do not live in a culture, we do not live in a society that yet widely accepts this to be a fact. We live in a country that still has a lot of people that go like, well, I could never do that. Right? Whether it's kink, whether it's queerness, whether it's non-monogamy, you have a lot of people going, they just make it about themselves and, and no one fucking asked you. No one's asking you to do it. I mean, unless someone did, but it's in general, like when we say like, I am this, that's not saying you have to do. It's just saying, I do this. You do your thing. No big deal, everybody. So this movie, I felt really seen. I And I hate that phrase because I think it's so fucking ugh, millennial, but I finally saw a positive representation of that on screen. You don't see that. You see sister wives, you see Polly that fails, you see the non-monogamous or slutty person that ends up monogamous. 
You don't see this often. And it's a beautiful story. You will cry at the end of it. So please tell your, go see it yourself. Bring friends, bring vanilla friends, bring non-monogamous friends, bring monogamous friends, bring anyone. Anyone who says to me, I just don't understand how you could be polyamorous. I just don't get it. I say, please go see Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Because when you realize that two or three or four or 12 people's love story is just a love story, you'll maybe understand. And if you still don't get it, then, you know, like you don't have to get it. You just have to shrug and move on. Because it doesn't fucking affect you. So, please go see it. Uh, Please tell your friends to go see it. Uh, Both Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. Or, you know, last week we talked about the documentary Monogamous. Just these movies are out there. And it's really cool to see this type of, like, uh, positive representation in the media. But uh, now for some emails, people. Emails, your words. Because fuck me, right? These are actually not emails. These are Facebook messages I got. But same thing. Look, I do not only have to read positive, thank you so much, Billy, I love the podcast type emails. We don't need to keep doing that. I am happy to also share the criticism that I receive in my inboxes. Uh, So I've got a couple of messages for y'all that I have gotten. This first one uh, is in regards to an episode from last month. It was titled, Betsy DeVos is a twat. In the intro, I discussed it happened to come out the same week that Betsy DeVos made her big Title IX speech. And I discussed Betsy DeVos, Title IX, rape culture, sex education. And I shared a point of view that, like, is not shared by many people. But at the end of the day, I was saying that I think comprehensive sex education will help curb sexual assaults in this country. So I post the, um, I post, so, um, and she's, from what I can tell, like some sort of like recent. College grad, highly educated, good university. Um, And and this is what she had to say to me. Uh, Her name is Charlotte. Charlotte writes, hi, Billy. I am a Hyde alum, and I saw your podcast on the Hyde Memories group. Well, I don't listen to all of your podcasts. I did listen to some of your podcasts where you share your thoughts about Betsy DeVos and Title IX. And I have to say, I'm having trouble putting to words my feelings about what you had to say. I think your opinion is misguided, hypocritical, dare I say, wrong. And I thought the way you went about presenting it was horrible and disheartening. Your disclaimer about how DeVos is a, quote, twat, then using your self-proclaimed authority as a sex-positive educator slash activist as a defense before you continue on to agree with DeVos's stance and spout the same myths that perpetuate the rape culture you purport to aim to dismantle. Uh, she doesn't complete the sentence there. She it, she just leaves the clause um, uh, un, unconcluded. Uh, you are such a phony. If you'd actually like to be an ally to survivors, I suggest you maybe check out some resources and get the facts about Title IX and rape on campus. Here are just a few places to start. She links me to uh, endrapeoncampus.org and knowyour9.org. That's knowyour9, like uh, the ro- I-X, the Roman numeral. There'll be links in the show notes. Anyways, she continues, probably the most important thing you can do for victims of sexual violence, especially those you care about, is to believe them. 
I could go on and on about the statistics, which you can find on those websites and probably Tumblr, but I'll cut to the chase. Now, I should probably read this the way she intended it to be read. I How dare I, as a man, correct her language or grammar, so I shall read the rest of this the way she wrote it. They way you criticize victims for how they choose to respond to an assault, comma, is completely offensive. How dare you, period. Your experience does not give you a right to criticize. You reduce rape on campus to a series of blunders by awkward weirdos. Yes, education is the key to stopping rape on campus, but not for the reason you think. Make no mistake, rape is not an accident. And the actual experience of being raped and living through and... With that cannot be faked or conjured up by a person in response to something that didn't actually happen. That's not how trauma works. You give disclaimer after disclaimer before each incorrect and harmful, comma, rape culture perpetuating statement. You are belittling to survivors and activists. You are definitely not an ally. Seriously, dude, you are just another one of the reasons why nobody takes rape seriously or respects victims. Gosh, Charlotte, I am so flattered that you think I have the type of reach that I'm one of the reasons nobody takes rape seriously, respects victims. I mean, that, I mean, that's so sad if it's true, but I mean, the fact that you think that my show is successful enough to, you know, be doing that is a thank you. Oh, so much. Um, okay. Uh, Charlotte, you know, you're welcome to your opinion, but here's the thing. Just make sure you quote me accurately. Uh, I never call myself an activist or an educator. I am. Let's be very clear on this. My, my fans and anyone just tuning in for the first time, I want to be very clear. I am just a comedian with a fuck cast. Hold me to no higher standard than that. I really prefer to keep, keep the bar nice and low so I can just trip over it, which makes, which always makes me laugh. Cause when people go like, Billy, you're a fake feminist. I'd be like, I never called myself a feminist. So, that you even had to call me a fake one means I must be doing something right enough that you think I am, I could be faking it. But I told her, hey, you and I may disagree on finer, uh, on some of the finer points, but I hope we both agree. Betsy DeVos is a twat. To which she responded, uh, ugh, vomit, least funny podcast ever. Well, you know, uh, both you and Esquire.com thinks that. So yeah, thanks for writing in Charlotte from Hyde. I am not trying to say that Charlotte's point is wrong. I'm just saying we disagree. I mostly like condescend to her because I hate it when people call me like an educator or activist. And I'm like, mm, neither of those things. Okay. This next one way more confusing and is like critical from, I guess, the other side, which makes it so bizarre. Uh, this came through the uh, Facebook fan page message inbox from Ashley W., a former member of the Patreon community, I guess until this went down. Uh, Oh, so context. My intern found a a funny meme. It's like the awkward penguin meme. And it says, want to be polyamorous, flirty, and sex positive. And then on the bottom, it says, heterosexual, cisgendered, male, and worried about coming off as patriarchal and unsafe. Okay, you know, fair. I, I thought it was cute. I paired it with a caption. I wrote a caption saying, Luckily, this is as bad as it gets being a straight white guy. Because I'll be honest with you, as a straight white guy, eh, that's kind of almost as bad as it gets uh, when it comes to like social justice topics. 
So Ashley wrote to me that that what you wrote in that meme is so insulting. This is a, a white lady, of course. I said, haha, to whom? She says, my dad, stepdad, boyfriend, brother-in-law. I just responded. As a straight white guy, I totally cleared it with myself. You ever go like, oh, no, no, I can say that joke about black people because I have a black friend. I checked with them. No, no, no. I cleared the joke with me as a straight white guy. The joke about straight white guys, I cleared. It's all good. Thank you for being the the she-woman superhero defender of straight white guys. We need that in the world as such a marginalized group. Thank you for standing up for us. But, like, it's okay. It's it's so her, – her responses are so bizarre. She continues – you have even said, guys, if you're going to criticize a person, try to use some semblance of grammar. It will be easier to take you seriously. She says, you have even said it's not easy being you. Same for them, but it's different because they're Republican. They don't matter is what you're saying. Ooh, she brought up politics. I think I know what this is really about. Is this a Trumpy person who like feels ostracized by society for being Trumpy? That's what you get for being for supporting a moron, hateful person. Cool. I said, I didn't say they're Republicans, so they don't matter. It's just a funny meme. And I added a caption I thought was funny because, you know, I'm a comedian. That's kind of what I do. Emphasis on the kind of. As Charlotte said, I'm not very funny. But also, I actually didn't even say the word Republican in that post. Ashley writes, nowadays, you don't have to specify. People just assume what you say. Well, number one, shouldn't assume. Number two, I'm a comedian. Hi, I do jokes. It's not in just jokes. Dot, dot, dot. When you believe something, stand for it. Okay, well then here, I'll take a stand right now. I'm not sure what the fuck you're talking about. It's a funny meme my intern found. I gave it a caption. I thought it was funny. Chill out. I think you're reading too much into it, Ashley, but if you don't like it, you can ignore it or use the angry reaction button or tell me to fuck myself and unfollow me. I'm not sure what you're trying to accomplish because, you know, I am a straight white guy. I'm not offended by it. And if your brother-in-law, dad, stepdad, or boyfriend are offended, like they should bring it up with me. It just seems odd for you to tell me it's offensive on their behalf, kind of like telling a black comedian his joke about black people is offensive to black people that you know. So bizarre. So I, I, I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. She says, I'm mad. I used to follow you. All right, cool. Well, then how about this? Let's start over. You. Uh, let, let me be. We'll role play it. I'll be you. Billy, I don't like the meme you posted. I find it insulting on behalf of straight white men. Now, now I'm going to be me. Cool. Thanks for writing in. It's a funny meme my intern found. And I tried to write a funny caption I thought would pair it well with it. What would you like me to say? So when I ask her, what would you like me to say? She says, I guess I don't know. Your life is different than here. Here is Minnesota. She, she lives out in Minnesota, which is odd because like it's not necessarily a super Republican state. But she says, your life is different than here. That's why there's such a difference. And that's the thing that frustrates me. Because look, well, before you come at me telling me what I can or cannot joke about, you may want to figure out exactly what you're mad about and communicate it clearly. Use a few less ellipses, a little bit of fucking sentence structure. Then we can have an effective dialogue. So uh, let, let those be two examples where like I can't win on either side of the aisle. So I'm going to just chill in this nice little sliver of the middle that still remains in our media landscape, in our political atmosphere and uh, whoever else can fit in this this rational, reasonable sliver in the middle, you're welcome to join me. I brought potato chips.
Let's let's go on. Let's let's go move forward. Let's talk about this week's guest, Mindy Raff. I'll be honest with y'all. I didn't know like anything about Mindy before she came on the show. She did a one woman show that she was touring um, that she brought to the Embro Fringe Festival. Uh, she performed it actually at the Hacienda House here. She performed it for like a bunch of my fellow slutty, kinky, poly weirdos. And so I've heard a lot about her. I've seen her name on Facebook all the time. Uh, Effie Blue, who who a, f- a friend of the pod, so to speak. She highly recommended her. Says she's super funny. Said uh, she's got great things to talk about. I didn't understand the title of her show, Keeping My Kidneys. So I was like, I don't get it. Is this a kidney thing? Is this a trend? Like, does she fall in love with multiple people? And because she had like five partners, we were able to test all their blood types. So luckily one of them was positive. But the twist ending is like they were all a match. So they all could have donated a kidney. I don't, I don't get it. But I'm happy to talk with her. And she was such a fucking delight. This was one of the, I love it when I don't know much about a guest. I do feel some anxiety because I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. And I love it when it just works out. I love it when I show up and we just have a fantastic conversation. Such great chemistry. Uh, we talked about polyamory, non-monogamy, um, queerness. Really cool stuff. I think you're all going to enjoy her. Uh, we mentioned some things. There's there's references to people and web series and apps. There's a nice little uh, list of links in the show notes. So if you want to check any of that stuff out, or if you want to check out the websites that Charlotte yelled at me in the Facebook message, all those will be listed in the show notes if you want to check them out. But now I hope you all enjoy my fabulous conversation, my lovely consensual encounter with Mindy Raff. Phones all the time. You know what, what if you're I doing. I just change my voice and talk like this for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, no, yeah, I, I'll keep it close, close to here. I, yeah, m- when I listen to podcasts, I think I, I listen to my, the things that I don't like to do vocally with other people. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, like vocal fry, popping your peas. Like tss, the mic's too close. So I'm always like, all right, it's fine. Just relax. <laughs> <laughs> what other podcasts do you listen to? You said poly podcasts. Um, not necessarily poly podcasts, but just in general, when I, I think when you're starting to learn about something new, like back then I was like, Oh, reading books, listening to podcasts or, so I listen to comedy podcasts, relationship podcasts. Um, but yeah, that's like a good way to learn for me is audio. So I'll start to read a book and then I'll be like, maybe I can find a podcast about this Yeah. before I finish this book to like summarize it in an audio form so I can get it into my bloodstream and then read after that because i tend to realize yeah audio is a great way for me to learn yeah (laughs) or at least like the average american can i find a tweet can i find 140 characters i don't have to read the article just give me a headline that i can regurgitate to my friends and i'm good i know all about it now like water cooler learning yeah water cooler learning yeah yes no i i I could do like an hour podcast i think the tweets no thank you (laughs) maybe i'll do a couple tweets about it after i can't get into the tweets i try you try? try once a day i'm like you're gonna do it today you're gonna write a good tweet and then i'm like Fuck this. I hate uh, this. I need more letters. Uh, what, I mean, what's your like social media? Like, are you a Pinterest gal? Uh, I mean, don't talk to me about Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, it's so funny. I really, I've just tr- started dating recently or like thought about having more bandwidth in my time, in my schedule to date. 
and a big joke was that I really like to have like a Pinterest page with someone <laughs> before we get intimate. Like, I just want to know, like, what visually are you into? And like, <laughs> do you craft and all of that jazz? What's your favorite recipe? Show me. Yeah. Uh, like, if we were having a wedding, what would be the dress that you would pick? Exactly. Yes. Do you want to give our guests succulents or chalkboard? What the things? fuck is a succulent? It's a tiny little cacti. <laughs> cacti? Yeah, I'll send you my Pinterest boards. <laughs> I assume you have a Pinterest for your wedding going on? Actually, not for my wedding, no. no. Okay. I, I think when you do comedy stuff or produce shows so much, the last thing you want to do is produce something that's not a show. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, screw this. Like, I already do production. Like, let's just keep it real chill. Uh-huh. Um, so no, I've never really wanted that kind of a wedding. But I like the visuals for other people is your and, is your partner planning the the wedding instead <laughs> no. no oh nobody we're like slow grinding slow, slow grinding. grinding yeah slow grind okay slow grind private well we're gonna do some small celebration at some point uh my family's like when 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 and i'm like you'll find out well is there a comedy show and who books it uh no it's- <laughs> yeah let me if if this is gonna be a comedy show i'm like all right here's we're all gonna go to mexico we're gonna do this comedy show Luisa <laughs> Maybe- diaz is gonna book it because she books everything uh yeah yeah on. well we'll we'll figure it out but uh since it's not a show i'm like oh i have to like schedule things yeah. no no but well yeah maybe yeah. there'll be succulents Maybe succulents. Especially if we do it somewhere like San Miguel or something like that. Then there'll be succulents everywhere. So it'll All be right. <laughs> well, uh, well, I want to welcome Mindy Raff onto the <laughs> podcast. Hello. I like that we said hello. Felt- Started out with wedding stuff already. Yeah, why not? Why yes. not? Let's let's record for 30 minutes and then be like, hey, are we recording? Yeah, give me that every day. I will- <laughs> That's the typical podcast, right? Like, oh my God, are we recording? I love Pete Holmes. Well, yeah, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I love Pete Holmes podcast. Hey, Pete, are you listening? <laughs> We're fans. <laughs> uh, well, you are a, a fellow comedian, uh, and, and uh, it seems like a performing uh, Jill of all trades, I'd say, right? Just no? Human of all trades. Human of all trades? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I, but I appreciate the gender attempt. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, person of all trades. Sure, sure. sure. Uh, well, you were highly recommended by by Effie and I think also Kenneth Play because uh, you did this one woman show, um, ke- uh, keeping my kidneys, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and they said like, oh, she's super poly. I was like, yeah, but what does the kidneys have anything to do with that? I'm I, okay. I'm confused. What what was this? Um, I can now say because the title has changed, literally just changed as of this week. Uh, it's a one-woman show with a combination of stand-up storytelling and theater. It talks about my obviously non-monogamous relationship structure with my fiancé and me coming out about it and about how I identify to my dead mother. But it's funny. Okay. So that's the <laughs> but show. But dead mothers are always f- hilarious. Like huge LOL. Oh, like, yeah. R-O-F-L. <laughs> like total dead mother. Especially if it's a roast battle. Come on. It's uh... a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Roast battles. No, I like to watch them, but I'm not an insult. <laughs> I'm way too people-pleasing. I would be like, well, you're hair looks amazing <laughs> oh yo she said you got good hair people pleaser to the right yeah i would just roast battles make me anxious but i really appreciate the skill that it takes to craft a good mean joke yeah just not for me no my show's not roasty at all i don't even roast my poor dead mother oh no um, we get vulnerable uh but keeping my kidneys it's a, a metaphor for the something my mother taught me about sex and relationships so the whole show juxtaposes uh, what I was taught about sex, relationships, and identity from my mother and my current 
structure and then follows kind of a narrative of me coming out to it about to myself and to the audience um and then other things happen but it's more of a plot thing you'll have to see it but the but um, there is no like kidney so it's transfer a, operation n- no well it's about um so i watched dirty dancing with my mom when i was younger and i asked her why Penny needed her surgery, which was she had an abortion. And my mom told me that she had premarital sex and she was this dancer and blah, blah, blah. And so unfortunately, she had to get her kidneys out. And uh, that is kind of the metaphor for the show is just how my mom explained. Um, so keeping my kidneys means like keep your virginity or keep your like virtue or something? Um, keeping my kidneys was it's. It means a lot of different things in the show. It kind of comes back as a metaphor, okay. but it stands for kind of the things that we're taught or the way that like we're communicated to specifically as women identified about sex and relationships like indirectly and how we process that and how it affects how we move through the actions we choose and how we move yeah. through life and relationships. So it's more of a, me- a metaphor for that. And I kind of come back to that story throughout the show and in the end of the show as well. And the title's changing because it's so <laughs> abstract. <laughs> Hence, the meta- I wrote it as a book uh, proposal originally, so the title was more for a book title. Sure, yeah. Which I think works for a book title, but when you're at like a festival, maybe like you get a lot of like patients show up uh, from I the hospital. Got a lot of kidney uh, yeah. people who gone through kidney transplants, whose friends had gone through kidney transplants, thought it was about alcoholism, thought it was about kidney cancer. How many people walked out with their saline being like, I'm out of here. This is not. <laughs> I had no literal medical people, people deal, dealing with kidney issues, but I did have a lot of messages from people, my friends going through this kidney thing, yada, yada, yada. And I felt kind of bad because <laughs> a festival show title is so, every, it's really simple when you're someplace like Edinburgh with like 4,000 shows. The title, I realize, has to be very literal and specific. Yeah. It's like, Mindy's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, non-monogamy. Like, it has to be so specific. <laughs> so I realize if I'm going to keep touring with it, which I am, and doing it for places that don't know me necessarily, like UK or wherever, that's not my New York audience, It I need to have a title that portrays the show a little more literally and simply so i'm changing the title from that i do love the title but like you said it's like what does that mean mean, yeah yeah. like uh yeah (laughs) well so wait so you how long have you identified as ethically non-monogamous of some sort um i've been ethically non-monogamous or open or poly with my partner since we started dating almost five and a half years now Mm -hmm. uh so yeah the show's been going on for a a year this November. And that's probably when I just started talking about it with comedy uh, and talking about our relationship necessarily. So I would say, yeah, the show has been around for about a year. I've been like smattering it into my stand up, Mm -hmm. but I found with like a seven or 10 minute set, I've had some trouble like throwing Polly and buy in and being engaged because I can't talk about dating without mentioning the nominee, yeah, and then I can't talk about being poly without mentioning I'm engaged or people because people are like, "Wait, you said you're engaged, and now you're trying to talk about dating." And I had struggled with how to just throw it in there. And mm-hmm. I've seen other comics do it. I've seen like comics like Mike Kaplan just kind of throw in mm-hmm. really nonchalantly. But 
But that was for him because he's all one-liners, so he can just do that and then jump to like math jokes. Yeah, so. and he does that so well. <laughs> he like just sequences through, and my style is like narrative. Yeah. So I had I realized I needed to build a narrative around it to get comfortable with it, and that's kind of how the show came about. Okay. So yeah. and did you uh, did you know you know you were like poly or non-monogamous before this relationship or? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't really identify as that at all and know anything about it i i knew that it existed but and i even now i would say that i'm probably like to what is it stealing from dan savage like monogamish or poly adjacent as in it's probably not how even i would identify but it's something i believe in and something i practice Mm. but it's yeah so my partner identifies as that more as like this is who i am and this is my identity and from that, I've kind of become like poly involved, poly poly adjacent, yeah. poly supportive. Right. But I don't think I could go back to be monogamous now. Oh yeah, once you taste all. the fruit a little, you're like, oh, this is quite lovely. This is yeah. Even just in concept, <laughs> if you're not even practicing, which I practicing whatever that means, but yeah, just the more you read about it, and the more you realize if it's done right and with good intentions, it's hard to go back to. The construct of monogamy yeah. after after this i don't think if someone was like if we broke up and someone else was like we have to be monogamous i would now even though that's not how i originally identified i think i would have a really really hard time with it which mm-hmm. i think is common for a lot of people who have been poly for a while the only people i've, I've known who were able to switch back or even temporarily do monogamy with people like they had to this had this person had to have like fucking changed their entire like out view on life for them to even consider switching back. Like I've had, <clears throat> I've talked to people who like switch from non-monogamy to monogamy. I was like, well, what happened? Like, are you okay? <laughs> um. okay and it's, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's whenever I talk to people who are like choosing to be monogamous and I think the poly's not for everyone. So I'm not one of those people who are like, poly's right. Monogamy is wrong. It's like, whatever floats your boat. I don't give a shit. But I do find that they're like, it's so much work. It's so much work to be poly. I don't know how you do it. But I'm like, well, yeah, but after the work is done, it's so much freedom and joy and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm thinking monogamy would be so much work, so much more work Mm -hmm. than even poly uh, would be now, which is crazy for me to think that because when we first started, I was like... What? This is crazy. This oh is God. so much work. There's homework. There's reading assignments. It's a lot. I of gotta admin. listen to podcasts now. Yes. <laughs> I'm like reading all these books. I'm like highlighting things about like people pleasing and codependence and oh direct communication. It's my a lot of would, admin. My ex would do that. She put like she like I I borrowed her. She left her more than two copy with me for a yeah. while, and I would like sometimes thumb through it, and there's so much highlighting and and side notes, and and sometimes there'd be a thing about me. I'd be like, "Ooh, okay, that's the thing I gotta think about." Uh, <laughs> like a subtle way of being like the Billy chapter or whatever. Like yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a huge post note that said, "Billy, fucking read this. <laughs> Learn from this book. Yeah. The books are helpful though. They're good. Uh, what, what, what were some of the ones you jumped to when you first? I mean, Ethical Slut, more than two. Um, I'm gonna lose my title. My title. Uh, I'm trying to even. Those are the two big ones. Those are. The I two haven't big even ones. read more than two. I just thumbed through. And Curious Foxes too. Just we mentioned Effie earlier Effie Blue. and kind yeah. of, but that was the first time I was in a community of poly people who identified as poly, which for me 
even doing it as my show is really helpful because you forget there's a community unless you're in the community. And I wasn't really socially. My partner was more. Mm-hmm. So that was really helpful just to like be around other people. Is your partner tapped into the local, like that F, the Effie Blue um, scene that was the, before the me. Hacienda crew? Or? Yeah, she was slightly before me. And then we started going to like um, some panels together. And I think just going to panels and like seeing different couples and socializing was really helpful for me because I can tend to be more introverted. I'm in a bubble. Most of my friends are, most of my friends at that time were monogamous or comedians or I knew like some people were open, but I wasn't like close or socializing with a lot of people who are poly. So I really had no one to talk to about our relationship, but my yeah. partner. Like, are you like, toxic. I can't talk to the monogamous people because they're monogamous. I can't talk to comedians because like no one wants to talk to each other. Because yeah. so, like, there's just a bunch of shy people at the Creek in the Cave being like, uh, hi, how you doing? I'm just going to eat popcorn in the corner. Don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, comics are lovely. My common friend, common comedian friends I've known for years and, and we have like relationships outside of being comedians. But yeah, we talk about <laughs> being artists and sure. comedy and stuff. And I think anyone who doesn't know a lot about polyamory can tend to come at it with you need to be saved or judgment without even intending to. So did you have that attitude when I'm assuming your partner pitched this whole relationship model to you, right? Or was this a mutual? No, just like, she didn't even know what she was pitching. I think we both kind of jumped into like the sea together. Okay, that's great. And she swam very fluidly and I like needed like floaties and um, <laughs> like someone to like get me on a sailboat sure. and take me to Polly Island. And she Polly was just Island. like diving through. Polly Island. Well, it's wonderful. Uh, Polly Island. It's a, a great new resort. reality show. <laughs> Polly Island. Polly oh, no. Island. <laughs> uh, don't worry. The networks will figure out a way to stigmatize it even still. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that show will be terrible. <laughs> uh, we still, was there still not, there still isn't that like, Polly show that like normalizes it or makes it I heard relatable. Spike Lee is redoing one of his movies that uh, I forget the name of the movie uh, she's gotta have it yeah I don't is know. that Polly or is that I hear she's some sort of non-monogamous okay and there's she... been some good web series right uh, I, I well Unicorn Land was great I haven't finished it I watched the first episode and went holy fuck this is good yeah yeah <clears throat> and I I, I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. So I don't know if you have the same attitude about web series or just like projects that I do. Being like a comic, you get, I don't know, I, I ignore all Facebook invites now. I, I just, I stopped years ago because everything is, someone's invited me to their open mic or their like bar show in Oakland. Um, oh, right. You know, because every comedian will just figure out the, the hack so they can just invite all their Facebook friends, right? Oh, so yeah, I yeah. don't even look at those. And then, Everyone we know has a blog or a podcast or a web series, and like, can y'all? You, you can't support all of it. There's, there's too much. There is, yeah. But so, you can be selective though, or if something's got press or something, right. or you know a friend of a friend. But there's not that many poly web series, right? No, right. And so, but when I first heard about Unicorn Land from, uh, I think her name's Lucy Gillespie. Yes. Uh, I was like, okay, this is another web series that like I can't I don't have time for yeah. uh, and it, first someone said that they were like digestible they're like six to eight minutes each and there's there's like six episodes you could do the whole thing like in an hour or half hour or something it's like crazy accessible so I watched the first one and I'm like holy fuck why did I ignore this for so long this is hilarious the first episode is just like this you know this chick trying to to get with a, a couple for threesome where like a threesome that clearly they don't want Oh, um, nice. Okay. And it's just so incredibly awkward. 
and hilarious that now I have to like recommend. It's a great poly series. I think that's the only positive one though that I've seen. Yeah, um, I'm not. I can't say for sure that I haven't done my research about this. So perhaps that's the only. <laughs> we're not going to yeah. Unicorn Man is the only good poly media out there for a web series. Um, I've heard it's really good though. I think it's hard. Yeah, I think it's a hard thing not to portray in a narrative, but f- to sell, f- to get investors and to get, mm. it's just so specific, though it shouldn't be. And I think it's sex, the sex issue or the kink or sex being sex positive is hard to understand unless it's your wheelhouse. And then it turns people off. It turns people <laughs> off. And I've, yeah, it's it's interesting. And my specific experience with poly is that's not my world either but it, i find that i want to learn about that and know about that and i consider myself sex positive even if i'm not as active even if i'm more like introverted and a little more uh, demi i still find that very interesting but i don't think i'm in the majority even watching like we just saw professor uh, professor oh, martin and the wonder Woman. how is that i'm seeing it on it's friday so good it's so good yeah but i'm also coming at it from a perspective of five years of being poly and being sex positive and I've read books on BDSM and so I came at it from that and thought it was amazing but I'd be curious what someone who has no knowledge of poly would think of that movie because it might be a lot Yeah, but it's really well done and it's like yeah I think people who even some people might be like oh it's not enough it's not as like it doesn't go as far as we wanted it to and it's fictionalized. Yeah. Very fictionalized. <laughs> but it's done really well. Um, and everyone's really beautiful. And not that that matters. But it, <laughs> but it matters. It does help. And like a kinky Wonder Woman me movie that they're all just like, holy crap. These people are just... Whatever beauty means in Hollywood, these actors were cast really well for a kinky Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> My partner and I were like, this is a good date movie. Yeah. It's a hot movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's done really well. And it's really... The way they, they juxtapose that lie detector with it, it's good. Especially if you're a Wonder Woman fan and you're cool with feminism, then I think you'll be down to oh, see so this movie. The the bigots are not going to like that movie very much. They're like, <laughs> why do these women have so much influence in this? Yeah, Where are like all a, the dudes talking about fancy male, football? If you're a cis male who hates women, don't see Professor Marsden <laughs> yeah. and the Wonder Woman. You'll hate it. Just go see <laughs> Fast Furious 12 again. It's okay. Yeah. Go see some males. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, and I just watched last week was, was really good doc, that documentary Monogamish. And we had the director on last week, uh, Tao Ruspoli, oh, but nice. that was, that was also fantastic. And again, like you, it sounds like you're saying professor Marston was accessible it to was, like your average person. I think it was, yeah. but I'm coming at it from someone who doesn't need to be accessed that way. So I'd be curious, like I'd want to take my like sister to see it. I mean, I wouldn't, but like yeah. <laughs> with somebody like that and be like, what did you think? And hear that because I only saw it with my partner. And we were both like, this is great. But I think it is. I think it's accessible. What, uh, why Why wouldn't you take your sister? Is, are you out to your sister about the things, the stuff? Oh, I'm not, not out to my family about it. But we probably, I, yeah, it's a pretty sexual movie. I don't know if I'd see it with a family member unless we talked about sex a lot or we were comfortable that way. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, for my lovely Jewish upbringing, I don't think I'd go see that movie. 
with my family right. members. No. Well, how was the coming out process? I mean, did you do multiple comings outs or just was it all all your terms, all your adjectives to just throw out in like one dinner? Oh, for coming out. Uh, I kind of. I think I just talk about my stuff self on stage so much anyway that I kind of came out through performing to most people and through social media and promoting stuff. And then my family, when we started dating, it was pretty much clear how I identified. And then my personal... Did they not know you were into women until then, that moment? Well, I was monogamous with my boyfriend for like over seven years, all of my 20s. So I was going to ask, do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm just trying to get context. Oh, yeah. So I'm 37. You're 37? Yeah. Oh, Okay. You look incredibly younger. Um, um, okay, sorry. I mean, no, just, it, but I I always because it's just a context thing for me. Because if you say a seven year relationship and a five year relationship, I'm like, what is she like? What, was she 16 when she started? Um, okay, yeah, yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, so we were together for most of my 20s, monogamous. Um, most of my other relationships were monogamous and they were, with were, men. Okay. And that not that that was my wheelhouse, but I'm. I mean, going back to like kink and like just sub and dom and like social situations, I mostly people were picking me up. Yeah. And in most spaces, regardless of queer or straight, it was mostly men just due to just, just social constructs. happens, yeah. Yep. Um, men are just more likely to hit on people in my or people with like stereotypical masculine energy, uh, mm-hmm. even in like queer femme identified community, yeah. androgynous women or more masculine identified are more likely to, to be the ones to make the move. So huh. in my experience, I never like focused on making a move or had to. So it was fascinating to me and I was monogamous. So I didn't really feel the need to come out necessarily. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I talked about it, but I wasn't like open about it necessarily. I'm pretty private, actually. Yeah. Unless I'm like experiencing something or I have a story She says to that tell. she does a podcast to <laughs> talk about her sex and dating life. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, but this is, but uh, this is my, um, what I'm talking about now, like what I'm choosing to talk about for writing and comedy and, uh, yeah, it's my art basically, but if it's not, I'm not making it my art, then I can like, you know, support what I want to support, give money where I want to give money and like be an advocate in community, but I wouldn't necessarily be vocal unless I'm making art for it necessarily, probably. And I wasn't talking about sex and relationships back then too much but yeah so my family i i feel like they probably knew but didn't know even when i was like oh i'm dating a woman now i think nobody was surprised (laughs) (laughs) my sister was like uh yeah my dad was like you've always marched to the beat of your own drummer i think he said something like that (laughs) like a very like jewish dad like you've always done what you wanted to do um so so long as she's a lawyer like whatever um (laughs) Uh, she's not a lawyer no. but or i mean from your mouth to god's ears <laughs> the next one i'm look i'm looking for a very professional partner now <laughs> well so now you're you're dating right you're dating as um, um you, i'm putting it into my like bandwidth and yeah uh-huh. i'm trying to create energy and space for it well, and what's what's that about um i think just we make making the joke when you're with a partnership, you're either both dating or if one person's not dating, the other person's dating something, whether it's having a relationship with yourself or having a relationship with their art. And I think I was like dating myself in comedy. Like I just don't didn't have time 
yeah. for anything other than like, I have a partnership, I have stand up, I have a one woman show, I have this book, I have the, it was just like, and friendships to maintain and all the other lovely things in life. Um, I just didn't have the bandwidth to like, A, meet someone or B, bring anyone in like that. And I think I just wanted to make that, yeah, I wanted to make space for it in my life over the past year. So I've just been trying to like, figure out a way to do that. Right. Because I can, and also because why not? Um, but yeah, I think as artists, we tend to create unhealthy relationships with our art sometimes, and it's important mm-hmm. to be like, okay, that's a good relationship. Now let's like separate from that and like. What's that look? For, what's that look like for you? Because I think that's something a lot of people would struggle with, whether they're monogamous going into poly, or even if they're poly and they feel a little polysaturated. It's like, how do you how do you make space in your mind for that? Um, I used to not know how to do that. I used to just let everything overwhelm me and then panic and then not do anything. And now I'm very task oriented. Like I'll make a schedule for the things I need to get done that week. And one of those things might be join Tinder or um, go to a networking event and like get some business cards and follow up with people you think are cute. Like literally making it. Is that the thing that that women tell us not to do is don't go to a networking event and then hit on the people you got business cards from? I mean, no, I mean a networking event that's more like social, like not like, yeah. I was like, I I thought I was doing the right thing, but am I allowed now? Cool. I think you can do anything, not anything, but I think you can always communicate with people in a way with you're interested if you have a good intention and if you're coming from a good place and your energy is good. I think uh, if you identify as cis male, you can you can do it. You can tell someone they're attractive. You can take them out for dinner. You can get their business card and networking event. If your intentions are good and you respect them, definitely. Just don't be an asshole. Sure. <laughs> Just don't be an asshole. <laughs> well, uh, so so uh, are you on? So you're joining apps and you're. I'm starting to yeah. Slow grind. Where, slow grind. What's where 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 are we starting with the slow grind? I don't. I think I'm gonna like my goal was to be on. This is like the sad, not the saddest thing, but this is my personality. I'm like. On my calendar, I'm like, join Tinder by November 1st. Like, oh, that's so cute. So sad. <laughs> <laughs> that's how introverts date. Like, that's how comedians are like, by November 1st, you will pick your filtered picture and put it on Tinder. Oof. By November 7th, maybe Bumble. You will write a bio by this date, uh, but you know, a week before I need a draft. Then a uh, second draft is due three days before. Yeah, I'm a go. freelance writer. I'm like already like, all right, like I got to revise the bio. Like, what's my first line? Like, you know, got to research what's a good bio. What are good pictures? There are so many articles. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't do this shit casually. Like, and by the time of it, you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I even want to anymore. Fuck no, it. No, this is just yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Where's my cat? Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, should we just get a fish? <laughs> like the most low maintenance thing I could possibly get. And I was like, can we just get like a little fishy? So yeah, we'll see. It's a work in progress. But I, I talk about it in the show a little bit about me trying to date unsuccessfully. But, you know, I feel like if I don't have comedians are stereotypically not introverts, but I think a lot of us have anxiety and a lot of us have a lot of thoughts about the world and interact with people in a very specific way and i'm most comfortable when in a controlled environment and i'm you know i'm not a control freak but i'm a little (laughs) bit of a control freak so i like having a microphone i like interacting with people when i'm controlling the environment literally like stand up or my it's my show so 
I'm going to talk and my rules. Gonna, yeah, these are my rules. And if we want to have a conversation, fine. But I have, you know, five minutes for crowd work and then going back to my narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so dating for me has always been like, oh, what a shit show of like uncontrolled elements. But I'm working on it. Working on it. Working <laughs> on it. Yeah. Like. I think we're at the dating apps. Um, oh, God. Yeah. When you finally this is this going to be your first time like dating outside of this relationship? It, oh, like date, po- dating polyamorously outside of this relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's an app out now called the Poly Life app, which apparently <laughs> is this the ad for your podcast? <laughs> no, not at all. I was just like, okay, like I don't know her. Like, let's like, look the up Poly Life app. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Everyone knows that I am sponsored by the Pure Hookup app. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but apparently, like, this is an app to like mat- do the admin for your relationship. So like schedules notes uh i guess you can keep notes like which which kink is for which partner you don't want to confuse that that could go real wrong oh so Um, it's like an it's um it's it's like the google calendar extraordinaire it's supposed to be yeah like an organizing app for all your partners and relationships wow and like maybe if should this uh go successfully for you you may be in need of one of these types of things maybe yeah that's so interesting i feel like i could just use it for every other thing in my life even if i'm not having partners just like put in partners as in other tasks and just have it organized for yeah. me in general that's so so it literally you put in your partners and your all the preferences and then everyone puts in their schedules and everyone has access to the app i don't i don't have it myself but it appears to be something uh, like that and Were you all sharing the Poly Life app? Yeah, interesting. I thought it was a po- a Poly dating app. No, when no. You first said it, and I was like, "That's interesting." Well, that one's Field, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. Tinder turned in the Field. I didn't realize Field turned into like a Poly dating app. I thought it was still a threesome hookup app, so I never joined it. But I I have a lot of Poly friends who are saying that they're singles meeting other like singles or couples or whatever, or meeting like matching with couples, but they go on dates with one of them. Um, okay yeah i've not that's i've i know i've heard a feel but I've, i'm not on yeah because to my knowledge tinder was like it's just a big free-for-all you just put what you are in your little description and you meet who you meet it's right. not necessarily categorized per like id is poly or id is this but except some people, maybe queer or like what who you want to meet or the 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 girls holding girls hand emoji Oh, is that? There, that's one too. That's a good like if like the 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 you can tell like the bi or queer girls because they'll have both the the girl holding boy hands and the girl holding girl hands and a rainbow. And I'm like, okay, I know what you, I know what you're trying to say. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so it's all emojis now. I feel really old. We already <laughs> mentioned my age earlier, so you know I was around during the Friendster years. Oh gosh, I know I look fabulous. <laughs> um, yo, yeah, see that already. I was on OkCupid okay for like a hot second, mm. and. Oh. It what a was dumpster so, fire. It was a big shit show for me. It was just too much info to have to, like quizzes. And I, I was like, I don't want to do another multiple choice. I don't care what you did for your multiple choice. And then I and then I just was matched up with, and I went on like six dates. But they, I just, it was so much admin. It just, I just want to like. Lots of reading. I don't want to message with someone for like 20 years. Just like if we meet, we meet. If we don't, I can't. I don't have time to like, yeah. I don't have time to text message with you unless we're like going to become friends or something. It just seems like a big waste of time. Ideally, like get off, <laughs> yeah. get off the app in like three to five messages. If you can be like, hey, I saw you. Uh, we, we have uh, this online dating consultant, Steve Dean. I recorded with him yesterday. He'll, oh, yeah. he'll be out later. But he um, he's in poly in our the whole poly open love and why. 
um, oh, okay. circle. And, you know, he goes like, if I see she's into a certain like band and I see a, that they have a concert coming up, I'd be like, hey, they have this concert coming up. I'm planning on going to it. Would you like to go? First message. Just like, let's get the fuck off of the internet. Yeah. You know, and... But what if it's not a, what if I don't have chemistry with him? I, okay, cool. Then you, you lost an hour or two. It's hard, I think, for, and I haven't, I haven't been on a straight. I would assume for a lot of women identified who are, who are also hetero, it's hard to want to meet men they don't think they know really well mm-hmm. at night or in environments that they're not sure is public or safe. But I feel like if you're a male identified trying to hook up with a female, then the easy if you want and you want to meet them right away then it's like coffee during the day is like the easiest thing even though it's not sexy i feel like a lot of women want to chat longer just to feel safe and to have time to like match your linkedin with your facebook and like to kind of cross identify you in 18 different ways (laughs) that's kind of what we do to feel safe i don't know i mean like (laughs) she's nodding (laughs) izzy's nodding like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah you have your friend who's good with like ip hacking or whatever be like all right here's (laughs) like reverse upload his photo into google into google images and make sure this matches this and is the where he's from is that where he says he's from and you have to i have to get like 10 facts to line up if i'm gonna meet probably a male at night anywhere that's what it's one of the few <laughs> bonuses of being verified on twitter is i just go like oh i can just send them this i'll be like see it's i swear it's me and that's because oh, you've got the little check yeah i was like twitter says i'm me so okay, yeah is that enough is I feel, that, it's I feel, not I feel, enough billy i feel <laughs> i feel like that's enough. i get more of a benefit from that in dating than like having the blue check mark anywhere else on twitter i was like i it's just i just like having it as a Identity verification service. That's out. Oh, Twitter doesn't realize they're getting men laid. Oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, well, I know because I I identify with some of the just getting back in there because I'm like about a month off of a breakup. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, and my my profiles all used to say in an open relationship. Mm-hmm. Then it said the whole like, hey, I have a sex podcast. That's more of a disclaimer, if anything. Uh, but it would always say like, I'm in an open relationship, and so they would know off the bat. Mm-hmm. And now I got to be like a single straight guy who's poly and then trying to communicate. So I'm that's a lot. That's hard actually. Yeah. So like (laughs) like when I'm swiping, I'm just looking for anyone like like girls with like colored hair or cute haircut. Um, It's not even that I'm into the shaved side haircut. I'm just like stereotyping for liberals. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. It just makes like, it's not that I'm attracted to the, the, the half buzzed haircut, but I know that the half buzzed haircut statistically is more likely to be open-minded to like the type of dating models I'm, I'm into. I get it. You're you're like oh, okay, she, like she's in a blazer and she works for J.P. Morgan or <laughs> what or Chase or whatever. But then you don't really know, right? But I think if you're if you put all the words in, yeah, and they read the words, but so I, many don't read the words. Even the what, women don't read. Sometimes I'll have a lot of people. It's hilarious when I had the open relationship. When I had the girlfriend, I you know it was hilarious watching. I would get a bunch of matches and I would go look and see them, and it would be Bumble, so I can't say hi. I would see so many of them instantly unmatched. And I think it's because, oh, they found out I had a girlfriend. Oh, and they didn't even... Yeah, I think they realized, oh, like, I, you know, I liked his eyes at minimum. And then, you know, oh, girlfriend, bye. People are very... um, Yeah, what I found, and I'm my, my partner dates and she's on the apps and she's very in the mindset of what you do or don't do or what you do and don't read is not my problem. Yeah. So if you come with a perception and you didn't ask a question then it's it's not my fault because she puts just we're open but she doesn't put she's engaged because oh. that's not information that 
necessarily she thinks it's anyone's business until they ask. And honestly, does it really change? It shouldn't change too much right? at that point. But when if people find that out, they're like pissy. Some of them are like, you should have told me that you... I mean, I'm totally giving a no, no. terrible stereotypical let's, voice. Let's give that voice. Right, I, I like, pictured it too. You should have told me you're engaged. And you're, like, <laughs> she's gotten some like very judgmental texts back from people after from they find out men from, women or um, everyone or um i don't think it matters but like uh. i think mostly women identified or queer women i, w- I well i find that i would find it interesting because you know i think if it comes from like male identified dudes then like then you're dealing with a lot of like entitlement like male entitlement whereas in i'm curious the motivation or whatever coming from I think women can women be just identified. as possessive yeah. and just as entitled, but probably stereotypically aren't portrayed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in general, men probably are taught that they can be more possessive publicly, but I think women are probably just as much, but maybe they don't show it as much because they're not taught they can. Yeah. So um, that being said, um, they have mostly been women and it's not like I'm not talking like hundreds and hundreds, just like small examples. Sure. But on the subject of, well, I said I was open and you didn't ask. So unless we're going to like start a relationship, it's yeah, I don't think it's anyone's it's business. business. I've been grappling with, I mean, I don't do casual sex. It's not my wheelhouse. And it's so I'm probably not going to be going into one night stands or being intimate people I don't know well or who don't know me well. That's not something I'm into. But I have thought about, well, if I meet somebody and we hit it off and I want to be physical with them or intimate, do they need to know I'm engaged and live with my partner outside of being poly? And I'm like, yes, I should tell them everything. And other people are like, not really. As long as they know that it's consensual and they know you're poly, is it is the, anything else their business? And I grapple with that a lot because I'm an oversharer and I want people to know everything because I would want to know everything. Yeah. So it's as I'm starting so to you, date, it's you, interesting. I'm like, I don't know. Would you? Now I, I don't, would you be frustrated if let, reverse? If you were, if I went back to someone's house, I kind of might want to know they live with a partner. Mm-hmm. I would kind of feel weird if I spent the night with someone, or I got back to someone's house and then I was in their room and it was a shared space and mm-hmm. I didn't know it. Do I have the right to know that if I know just know that they're open and I'm choosing to go back for a one night stand or whatever that means? I hate that term, but for um, a lovely consensual experience. <laughs> <laughs> can we rebrand those as yes. that? Hi. Oh, my God. Can you imagine me at a bar? Like, I would love to have a lovely, safe, consensual experience with you for one night. That sounds, I'd be like, and how, that just sounds like a very, very liberal sex worker pitch at the bar. It's not that sexy. Yeah, right? It's way too long. I'm wearing a blazer. I have like a clipboard and oh, I'm gosh. like, these are the body parts you'll be touching until four in the morning. Yes. And also here's your, uh, your photo release and here is your, uh, your waiver, your health waiver. And my partner, Antonia is just like standing next to me like, mm-hmm, approved. Oh, right. She's Israeli, right? No. Uh, yeah. She's Croatian. Oh, Croatian. Sorry. Yeah. Ah, I grabbed the wrong country. Uh, it was my accent that threw you probably I, well because I, I watched one of your clips online and you it was one where you're doing the you're doing her accent oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i heard the, i think i say the accent is like a, a terrible eastern european israeli spy or something like that so yeah yeah i i don't think you have to share that any of that stuff i don't even think you have to share that you're in an open relationship i think strategically it's a good idea but i i think you don't have to share anything you don't want to but I also th- I don't think it's bad if you want to share. But I've talked to people your and women that have level. said, 
once I say I'm poly or once I say I'm in a relationship, they're kind of like, well, I'm not into that and I don't feel comfortable with that and I don't want to date you because of that. So I'm thinking, well, thank you for saying that. But then what if I didn't tell them and then something happened? Did I like trick them into... I don't think you're tricking anybody because I think part of this is we need to get people to realize that like not all relationships are these closed monogamous um, or, or heterosexual or whatever relationships like stop make we just we got to start showing people why it's silly to make assumptions. Yeah. So it's like stop assuming just like ask questions. Yeah. Like it's it's their job. Well, to I ask. agree with you. You're totally yeah. right. I feel like in it's, practice it's tr- it can get really muddy and people right. can get really upset. And, and in order to change those minds, we have to put them in those positions to get upset to maybe hopefully change some like strategically like logistically zoomed in one-on-one like in your scenarios in my scenarios it's not going to be awesome it's not going to be the wisest move but like zoomed out as like a movement in very loose quotation marks uh-huh. you know the movement for like poly people to date openly on tinder just um, fuck <laughs> monogamous people and don't tell them the movement <laughs> no don't no don't uh, but, but, I, but i think it's good to just make like show people when it's silly to assume like if I were bisexual, like for a woman to like, if I offhand, I would, you know, offhandedly throw in an experience with a guy in a conversation just to be, just to see if she winces. And, and she's like, did you? Oh, did you assume I'm straight? You didn't ask like stuff I, like that. I think I agree with you on throwing it in. I don't think I can throw it in with the sex with with the there's something with my personality where I want info consent. I I would need it for myself. Mm. And I think because I would want it. I need to give it to somebody else. Which information would you want? I would want to know if somebody has, is in another partnership. Sure. Or that the idea is poly or open. Yeah. And I think that's it because I think in general, people are going to be having sex with multiple people if they're single anyway. So safety wise, it's like, yeah, you meet someone at a bar. And if they're single, they're probably going to be having more partners than the person maybe who's in the open relationship Mm -hmm. so that's not a big deal but i would meet i would want to know if there's another partnership because it would affect the amount how i'd want to get involved and time and bandwidth and if there's other people being involved right and but like and to get to the but to get to the date it's like i would imagine like in the course of a good date where you are talking a lot in my case like a good day is like we're talking for three hours and we didn't realize it right yeah it's gonna come up like it's hard to talk for that long and not it yeah. come up. But like when it comes to like a bio or something like that, um, where someone's just trying to like basically literally profile you off of a profile, um, I go like, don't make assumptions. Like ask questions you need to know. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, and most of my, m- I'm assuming most of my dating will be like that, where I'd be talking to someone for a lengthy amount of times right. before anything happens. Those are the best dates anyway. Like, like, but people do pick up people yeah. at bars and get drunk sure. and or like you know, get a buzz and want to go home with them and have wonderful, like, consensual Central encounters consensual <laughs> encounters for one night. Um, so when that happens, do you, before you get in that Uber or taxi or Lyft or whatever, or subway, but, like, it's, let's just say it's 3 a.m., um, those were all my ads for your podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uber, taxi, Lyft, you know, whatever. Use the promo code MANHOR, which doesn't <laughs> exist for any of those. Before you get on that double-seated bicycle. Um <laughs> Don't Our joke. Date. We're in Brooklyn. You know that's going to be a service yeah, soon. I cannot wait till some like, what is it called when the guy or the girl pushes? Pedicab? Or, yeah, the human pedicabs you. Yeah. Like I would love it. He's like, I got my pedicab. And I'm like, cool. And I just like get the, in the, the like. The peasant mobile? Yeah, I get in my little buggy <laughs> and he takes me to Bushwick. Um, 
what was I saying? Oh, before you get into the vehicle or the mode of transportation, I would want to know where I was going and who's going to be there and what to expect. Mm-hmm. But I, that's not something I do often as a cis female. And just because I've lived in the city for 15 years and I'm pretty good about that. I just don't feel comfortable going to someone's place. I don't know really well mm-hmm. at night, but people do it and people meet great people and it's all wonderful. But what info do you reveal then? I think if I was going to take someone home with me and we got into that car before that, I'd be like, by the way, I'm engaged and I live with my fiance and we share a space. And we have a fish. And we have a fish, <laughs> Chloe, that like... I'm I hope you're also, not allergic. I'm also in a relationship with. <laughs> yeah. And I have plants. Um, I would want to tell them because I wouldn't want them coming into my space for an encounter and seeing a shared space and not expecting it because that would kind of throw me a little bit. I, but I don't know why. But since I know that about myself, I want to give someone else that info. So yeah, but on a dating app... I don't know what I'm going to say. I haven't worked out my bio yet. I think I might say I am I currently live with my partner and we're non-monogamous, but I don't think I'm going to say we're engaged, but I don't know yet. Always leave a surprise. Always yeah. leave something to... I mean, anyone could Google me or it's not like they could literally see a video clips of my show at some point and know like our yeah. whole story. So it's not like, ooh, like mysterious. Yeah. Time for the fan whore appreciation moment. What is up? This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. Uh, Billy, Billy, what's what's Patreon? Oh, that's a fantastical question. Patreon is kind of like a uh, monthly fan club membership mixed with Kickstarter-like levels. So you choose how much money you want to pledge to me every month. And depending on how much money you pledge, you get various types of rewards, which include all sorts of bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast. And a shout out on the show, which is happening right now. Thank you to Miranda B, who uh, who won a Clona Willy from me earlier this year. I would love to see the finished product if you still have it. Uh, thank you for supporting the show, Victoria D. Aloha, lady. Uh, she, I'm so glad that you started listening to the podcast after you heard the Nina Hartley episode. I hope you also enjoyed the Nina Hartley bonus content I put out there. And Angie V, ah, oh, you have been such a wonderful active member of The Peep Show, our super exclusive Patreon-only kick group, where everyone's like sharing all sorts of naughty photos. Uh, let's, let's, let's just say she's got nice nipples. Uh, thank you, Angie V, for your support. And you too can become a member of our community for as little as $1. Is a fantastic way to support me and the Man Whore Podcast. Just head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. But now let's wrap up with Mindy Raff. Don't you like that about being someone like in the public eye and that like, uh, you know that people can look you up and just find the shit that like you need to get out on a date. Like I, they can find the bad things and you can just assume that they're informed. Like yeah. I have like the podcast. I'd be like, I am sure someone like went and listened to a thing. So they either like heard me cry about one, you know, cry, they heard me cry about somebody or they heard about the sex parties. So like they might be a little, they might have an idea of what they're getting involved with. Yeah. Do you find it's pressure to then convince people that there's more to you than the brand that you're putting out? The brand. Well, you know, because it is a brand. It's like a you have we have podcasts and yeah. we have shows and we have social media, but it's really not us. It's like a confluence of all these different 
things we're creating, but the person is always different and more nuanced yeah. and we maybe aren't as extroverted well, in like a non-controlled environment. So I sometimes feel pressure to be like, that's me, but it's not like the me you might be getting on this coffee date. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like also you you look up my name, you find, I mean, either you find an old guy in a suit, which is my father, or you find, because <laughs> we have the same name, or you find, uh, or you find, you know, this man whore thing. And like, although man whore, I'm not a fan of one night stands. So like, I am not the guy just trying to like pick you up at a bar and fuck you and never call you again. Um, I, I don't was lovely consensual encounters. Uh, like, I'm not the <laughs> That's big the title of my new podcast. Yes, I, I love it. It's fantastic. lovely consensual encounters. That's a great podcast name. It's like you Delilah should... in the morning. <laughs> please, please use that somewhere. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I feel like I have to almost explain because if they find just man whore and they don't hear me talk about something, like if they stumble upon an episode and try to listen to one, it happens to be one about like, oh, I just want this great sex party. We did that. And now here's a guest. They might be like, oh my God, this might be some crazy sex freak. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't think I'm that guy, you know, because I am i don't go to, I don't even fuck a lot of orgies. Like I go and I go because it's a fun party and that's where my friends are. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost like I feel like I have to explain or, or, or. Uh, clarify a lot you know yeah because you're well you're putting yourself out there in a specific way and people especially with sex and with anything personal people come at it with their own judgment and their own experiences and they get to the try to get to the simplest way yeah and the simplest thing to understand someone to figure out if you're gonna match or if you have good polarities or like what they're gonna be like on the day what their intentions might be i know what my face looks like like, right. People are always like to me like, oh, you're not less funny than I thought you would be. But I've had many people be like, oh, you're not even just date stuff, but just people who've met me outside of shows have been like, you're very serious. And I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty serious. <laughs> like I'm 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 funny, but like I, I, I swear to God, I would never accuse you of being serious. You were <laughs> only you were only funny so far for this last hour. Oh, <laughs> keep talking. But yeah, it's like, you know, n- not you we're not always I feel like comedians we're not always on. And if yeah. we are, like, oh my gosh, like we we shouldn't be necessarily. So it's interesting to me. If I want to hang out with someone, and especially like if we're gonna be having like sex or being intimate, I'm probably gonna wanna like you know, maybe talk about death for an hour before we fuck it. I'm just kidding. But like, but I'm I'm gonna want to just like be really like chill and low energy and let not be on. And I think it's hard when you're on social media all the time or you're doing shows. I can't be like BT Dubs. Like by the way, like we might, why might not be funny? Yeah. Or I might not look like a Valencia filtered picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's why my is filter. It, why is it always, uh, it's always what, Valencia and Clarendon or whatever that is? I like to do a double Mayfair, save Ooh, it, wow. and then do a light Valencia wash Wait, and add do... a little saturation to the cheeks. <laughs> Wait, you can save and then add a... Izzy's nodding. You can Izzy's add a... Izzy's nodding. Sorry, I'm new to Instagram. Are you, can you add a filter on the filtered image? Yeah. Wow. I mean, wow. not that I do it, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> you can save an, a filtered image but not post it and then bring it back up and, and then, then bring refilter. it back up and refilter this is now turned into a social media marketing <laughs> strategy podcast hi everyone i mean i freelance <laughs> i do this for clients if you need me to do your social media you just reach out to me i can make you look good and sound good <laughs> uh you know so you brought up like you're not into one night stands that you're not necessarily the like i'm trying to go out and get laid person am mm-hmm. i picking that up correctly um yes you are picking that up correctly okay. uh and I think a lot of people have this misconception about polyamorous people, non-monogamous mm-hmm. people. 
and I even had that for a long time. I still some I, I still have hints of it. I do um, too, yeah. Where you just assume like, oh, this person's like out and in yeah, they like dating and love stuff, but oh they I might be able to like have sex with them a couple times or have a casual um like a casual sexual relationship with them. And that's not true of all poly people, right? It's, yeah, I think when you think poly, most people who don't know about it think it means multiple multiple sex partners only or it's just kink or it's just th- threesomes and for me the best thing about being poly was ha- being able to be uh, emotionally intimate with multiple people that to me i found so rewarding and not that i'm necessarily have another partner but to not feel guilty for having emotional intimacy with multiple people mm-hmm. has been a wonderful breakthrough for me just in general because that's how I connect to people and I think there's a lot of guilt that we feel when we're also attracted to somebody and we're emotionally intimate then it's like you're cheating because emotional intimacy or emotional cheating does exist but the fact that I could maybe have like even platonic relationships with people where we could flirt and be emotionally intimate even if nothing happens there's no guilt about it because it's consensual and because I ideas poly I found to be really fun and a fun way for me to get to know people that I'm also attracted to Uh even if we're not going to like date or they're going to become an an additional partner or a part of like a polycule or whatever that means that to me was so fun because I've always felt as like a former people pleaser (laughs) and a former like Jewish mother identified type person who's so worried about upsetting somebody or not giving someone all my time that oh, I can't be intimate with multiple people. So I think I'm intimate with multiple people a lot without guilt now, which I think is lovely, but I'm not sexual probably with multiple people at this point. So dating for me is about maybe throwing in more physical into that mix and being be comfortable like, with that. A few like side hugs. Yeah. Just, uh... My partner actually makes fun of me because she's like, <laughs> how's it going with this person? And I'm like, well, we touched elbows when we watched a movie. And she's like, you're so cute. <laughs> but I'm like, but it was fine. Like, right. that was enough. Like, it's good. Because um, I'm very like, you know, I'm super dummy, and which is just like, mm. I really like to know someone really, really, really well mm. before I get turned on by them, which is a really time consuming and also hard for to make that commitment with someone that you're not even sure you want to date. But um, that's for Polly, for me, has been like that. And that's something I talk about a little bit in writing and stand-up because it's not portrayed in Polly mm. a lot that I've seen. I haven't seen a lot yeah. of visible, like, Demi anxious poly people. Yeah. You see, the, you see the sex parties. You see the thruples. You see the, like four or five people kissing each other all at once in or like I have like three suits. girlfriends and we're all intimate and we're all in relationships and I have a neck beard uh yeah you see like yeah that's I would love a neck beard <laughs> I cannot grow anything it's sad I would just I think of all the ways I could just like really manicure my facial hair if I could only grow some more but no yeah but you don't you don't say I mean have you had people assume like wrong in like almost I don't want to say egregious, but have you had be, have you ever been in a situation where people were like assuming like oh I'm gonna like hit on her because like well she's poly so clearly she might be DTF. I haven't. I haven't personally, but I've had people when they find out I'm poly, I think assume I'm more sexually active than I am with multiple people, or assume things like yeah. typically you're greedy, 
or I've had people even assume things that I'm being, that when they find out I don't have multiple partners or I'm not active, that they think I'm being like manipulated Mm. or that it's not, that I'm not, they don't have agency. Like you're being tricked into agreeing for them to go off. Yeah, Yeah. It's so hard for people to, a lot of people I think to accept that you can be, you can have agency in something even if you're not active all the time, stereotypically in the way that you think it is, if that makes any sense. And I think I also having like femme energy overall or being perceived as having femme energy people assume that you're not consensually submissive or that you're unhappy with your energy. Are you a submissive person? Um, I tend to be a people pleaser okay. in general, but I'm not super submissive, but I, well, I think I'm pretty what? much of a switch okay. when it comes to things like that. I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm able to chameleon when needed and I'm have the ability to do that. Um, I mean, not even just sexually, but socially as well. Like if someone has, if I feel like someone is more comfortable with alpha energy or more direct energy, then I can kind of chill. But if someone, if something shit someone needs to, needs to done, take charge, I will take, mm, I will take care of it. Mm, yeah. Do so, it. I can switch. Get on easily. your knees and scrub that floor because we have a show in 10 minutes, guys. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, get the Google calendar together. Here's what we're going for brunch. And we're going to this thing. And like, that's it. Like, if you can't make a plan, I will make one sure. for us, motherfucker. <laughs> But if someone's like, here's the plan, I'm like, sounds good. <laughs> so yeah, I switch a lot. Um, but when people look at you as femme, whatever that yeah. means, they assume you're unhappy sometimes, which mm-hmm. just like isn't the case. I mean, I assume like femme or not femme, I assume you women are unhappy all the time. I mean, you should be in this. Because current... we get our periods. <laughs> I was going to say in this current political climate, I was, but yeah, that, yeah no. sure, we can do that one. <laughs> like, why not? We're in, we're we're not unhappy as individuals and in how we ID, but we're definitely unhappy with the political climate. <laughs> yes, I would say that's true. Um. So so, what did you finally change? Now that we're at the towards the end, like, mm-hmm. uh, come on, give us the big reveal. Was the new name of the show? Oh, dun, 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 dun. the new name of the show is. It was Mindy Raff keeping my kidneys, and now it is Mindy Raff, not the one, a love story. Not the one. Ooh, and then they yeah. show up, and there's a. Ins- Ooh, I like the twist that uh, you're setting them up for. Thank That's you. That's great. It's better, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, because now I have, now I know it's about love. Even if you don't say it's a love story, I know something to do. Depending on what the poster is, I I get an idea. You know, it's like rom com t- spin off ish, or it's some kind of yeah. Sure, yeah. Keeping my kidneys, I, I'll be honest with you. No clue. I didn't look into... Worst title ever. Well, no, it's not the worst <laughs> title ever. It's a great title. And I do agree. It's a great book title. I think that's good, good right? right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, in terms of comedy and then like with... Because like, I think someone told me about you earlier this year, but I was like, keeping my kidneys. Like, what? Um, <laughs> it took forever for someone to say it's about like her poly. And I was like, oh, okay. So, no, I love this. This is great. And where can people go if they want to see the show live? You said you're going to be touring it some more? Yeah, I'm currently, I haven't, um, I'm just literally, well, by the time this airs, I'll probably have dates, which I can maybe give you later. Where can they, where can but they? But they can go to MindyRaff.com to get info and I'll be doing a and run. that's Mindy Raff, M-I-N-D-Y-R-A-F. R-A-F, like Royal Air Force. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm doing a run in November before Thanksgiving and another run in early December. And then I'll be probably touring it in New York and doing some colleges and then hopefully going back to UK over the summer. Okay. That's the plan. 
Awesome. Yeah. And if people want to see your double in, your double filtered Instagram posts? If you want to see my Valencia Valencia Mayfair double wait. saturation. Wait, 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 wait. You did three in one? I mean, sometimes I like... Yo, sometimes... y'all are on different levels than me. I'm just, Look, I am Instagram 101 right now. That's I'm why just... you're surprised I was 37. You're like, in your Instagram, you're like at least 19. Maybe. No, I did I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, if you want to see my my filters where I look 19, uh, I joined Instagram so early and I didn't realize you could use your real name. So my Instagram is Mindela, like three M's, I-N-D-E-L-A. Three, three M's. <laughs> Terrible. So I tried to find my name and someone has it and I can't get it. Uh, I, at, someone was squatting. I used to be at Funny Billy Pro in college because I don't know. I thought Pro was easier to spell than Persita. I was like, that makes sense, right? Totally. <laughs> I could just say Funny Billy Pro and be like, oh, that seems dorky, but I I can spell that. That's and a then, good one. Uh, and then Mike Cannon make fun made fun of me, and I hold him in high esteem. So he, <laughs> he said some uh, playfully mean name callings, and I was like, okay, I'll change it. But then someone's squatting on Billy Persita, so I'm, I'm the Billy Persita. Uh, oh, like when you, you added see, a pr- oh. I had to. Someone's just squatting on my name. I, yeah, it's like someone's squatting on And they're on not my even name. using it. They're not even using it. Yeah. Zero posts, zero it's followers. It's like an egg picture or something. Yeah. I think it might be me with an old Yahoo email. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like Mindy from tw- like age 25 is squatting on my Instagram and didn't realize it. We do the movie Memento, but it's just you <laughs> trying to find like who has this this handle and then it turns out it was you the whole time oh my god it's like the time travelers instagram <laughs> when i did instagram i did it with my ex-boyfriend and i like started did an instagram account on his iphone and this was like 2009 or 8 i mean it had just started maybe 2009 or 10 whenever instagram first came we thought it was a filter app we didn't know it was public mm-hmm. so he joined instagram he took all these pictures of me and our cat and then he would like upload them thinking it was a private album onto his phone (laughs) and then we realized his instagram account has been public with just like you know 20 pictures of me and our cat for so long now they're down and it's all good but we didn't even know what instagram was and then that's when i made my name the whole point is it's mindela (laughs) (laughs) well uh well mindy you were fantastic to talk to i i i genuinely feel bad i waited this long to have you on because you're so you're you're great you're fantastic thank you Um, thanks for having me it was so good to talk with you as well yeah i don't know what your schedule is like do you do you want do you have like 10 minutes maybe do a little like bonus episode if you're uh yeah what time is it got 150 yes i have 10 minutes yeah okay cool let's uh so we'll do a quick little bonus episode and uh but for now why don't you say goodbye to everybody bye did you enjoy mindy i know i did if you want to hear more of me chatting with Mindy Rath, become a member of my fan whore community on Patreon to gain access to her bonus episode. Tomorrow, I'll be releasing an additional half hour that I recorded with Mindy, where we talk about gender identity and her poly and pansexual origins story. That episode will be available to all of my $10 and up fan whores. Just head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. And if you can't afford $10 to to hear Mindy's episode and dozens of other bonus episodes, you can still access exclusive Patreon-only bonus content for as little as a dollar a month. Seriously, every dollar counts, and every dollar helps improve my life and helps improve this podcast. No pledge is too small. I've said this, I've said this a ton of times. If every single one of my listeners pledged $1 per month, 
I'd be set. I'd be making a full-time living with the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, I could afford to bring the Man Whore Podcast on tour and do so many awesome, cool things. So please go on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. If you enjoyed my conversation with Mindy Raff, I want to hear about it. I want to know your opinions. The good, and as you heard in this week's intro, the bad. Hit us up on Twitter. at uh, She's at Mindy Raff. I'm at TheBillyPresida, uh, as we covered her, her funny Instagram handle. I'm on Instagram, too. I'm at TheBillyPresida. Uh, use the hashtag ManWhorePodcast to let us know what you thought about the show. You just might hear your tweet or your Instagram post on air. Send me your comments, your questions, your titty pictures, you know, whatever you have uh, on your mind or on your chest to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Finally, uh, go like the Manwhore Podcast Facebook page tomorrow on Thursday, October 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're doing another Fan Horror Facebook Live Hangout for the month of October, and I will be joined by my intern, Izzy. Should be really fun, so I hope I see y'all there. But if I don't, you know, I'll see y'all next week. Oh, also, shout out to Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson from the Guys We Fucked podcast. Their book, Fucked, Being Sexually Explorative and Self-Confident in a World That's Screwed, is out now. You can get it at your local bookstore, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, whatever. They are fantastic women. They've got this great book out, and uh, you should all go buy it, read it. And if, I'm, I'm sure most of you already listen to Guys We Fuck, but if you don't, go check it out. Uh, you can find my episode on there. It's titled, Do the Kids Still 69? So uh, go listen to Guys We Fuck. Go buy their book. Go 69 and stay slutty. <laughs>